0: 31 Days of Dread, David Cronenberg, Stephen King, Day 27 brings us, The Dead Zone. Let's hit that music cause I cannot wait to talk about this movie, let's go. The Dead Zone, bucket list movie. Uh, The other bucket list movie that we've done for the 31 Days of Dread was The Dark Half, also a Stephen King book. Uh, Yeah, both of these I've rented so many times uh, on DVD, on VHS. Uh, They were always on the top of the best Stephen King adaptation books. Uh, Stephen King adaptations went the same way, like almost the same exact arc as comic book adaptations, where... You had some good ones, and then it was just like mediocre, and then boom, like everything got good. Uh, Stephen King's in that boom, everything got got good run, um, that, which is why I'm very curious to see Dark Tower. Uh, I just, I don't know, there's there so much, uh, there's a lot in that movie that appeals to me that I, I'm kind of refusing that it's not going to, uh, like refusing the idea that it's not going to win me over. Especially with Elvis and McConaughey. Uh, So, yeah. So, one time, like, uh, you kind of had The Shining. You had Carrie. You had Christine. You had Dark Half. And you had The Dead Zone. And those were, like, your best Stephen King adaptations. Uh, Then, like, Misery and Shawshank came along. And Green Mile. And then, like, slowly, uh, we started to get some competition. And I I waited even for the 31 Days of Dread. uh, You know, we, we kept doing... David Cronenberg and and it's like I waited so long just to see this movie and I sat down and the like the music alone uh Michael Kamen if you guys don't know Michael Kamen uh if you haven't heard Lace Action Hero X-Men the lethal weapon uh, his lethal weapon work alone is is in my view Star Wars level but he's one of the most uh, two-time Oscar winner. He's one of the all-time best musicians that to ever go through Hollywood. And, you know, the, the, the typical geek will always say, uh, they'll say James Horner or they'll say Thomas Newman. And they'll say John Williams and Hans Zimmerman. And, but they'll never say Michael Kamen. And shame on you because you should know this guy's name uh know my name as uh, as uh, Chris Cornell said in the Casino Royale song but his his work alone I mean like his his IMDB is just a massive I can't even make any any sense of it but uh yes his his music the font the typeface for this movie like the font logo it's like his music and it's a slow reveal into the, the logo and it's just still shots of the town and they're fading into one another. And it's not, I mean, it, it, like this is an effect we can do in Adobe After Effects. Within, we, we, we literally can do this in minutes. But man, like, you know, like the, it's it's all 80s. It's, a, it's 100% dated. And it just works it it, it resonates and th- this movie got me right away. It didn't take long to to pull me in uh we go um you know like just uh, to do the plot maybe um to go through some of it uh, let's do that, but I just wanted to give a little bit of context so the dead zone is is a book by Stephen King. Uh, it's his, let me see, It says one, two, three, four, five, six, the eighth book. It's right between The Long Walk and Firewalker. Walker. Um, this book came out in 1979, and yeah, it's it's essentially one of Stephen King's earlier books. And yeah, uh, you know, like, it's, uh, I, I kind of want to read the book now, uh, after seeing this. Uh Because there's, I just feel like there's a little bit more depth. And David Cronenberg wrote and directed this. So when it comes to him and his filmography, uh, yeah, this is kind of like in the middle of his career. Um, You know, we we already spoke about Shivers. I kind of was debating if we should do Rabbit or not. We still have a couple days left. But for Cronenberg, it's Shivers, Rabbit, Face Company, The Brood. And then we have – it's almost like his political trilogy uh, because he, he went through a run of – and a lot of 80s movies did this. They they almost, like, demonized corporations. They demonized uh, mostly local politicians or politicians that were, like, on the up-and-up, uh, even, like, taxi drivers guilty of that, even though like, that 70s. Um, so, like uh, – but no one talks about the, the – the, how they <laughs> – just attack local politicians in 80s movies. So Cronenberg goes on a run where he kind of does exactly this. Uh in 81 we have Scanners. In 83, we have Videodrome. And 83 we also have the Dead Zone. So he did two he had two movies come out in 83. And then we go on this, uh, it's almost like a like I would say like it's uh, he 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 brings us to fly three years later, nineteen eighty six, and then it's naked lunch, man and butterfly, and crash, and that is almost that's another theme. That's another trilogy. I'm, I'm trying to classify it. I, I just want to do like a whole thing on Cronenberg, and then we have Existence, Inspire. Those are complementary, and then we have History of Violence, Eastern Promises. Again, two dire complementary. A dangerous Method, Cospolysis, and Maps to the Stars. Maps to the Stars is is one of I haven't seen that. I gotta see that. But yeah, so we got King, we have Cronenberg teaming up, we have one of the best musicians, the best scores, the best guys who run an orchestra. Michael Kamen working on this movie, and, and then we have Christopher Walken. So what's not to what's not to love? What's not to flip out? Uh, after we get these incredible credits, incredible credits, I think that should be like a Dream Warriors thing. Uh, yeah. So after these credits, uh, it's Christopher Walken. He is a teacher, professor, uh, teaching a class. Uh, I just, I, I always love how these are introduced, <laughs> like these types of characters are introduced, because it's always at the end of the class. <laughs> it's, it's never in the middle. Uh, you know he, he does his thing and it's like a quick assignment and then boom and i i've never had that but uh, yeah so it, it's kind of funny he's talking about sleepy hollow and sleepy hollow is a theme that runs throughout this movie and and he's later the headless horseman in, in sleepy hollow uh it, I, that blew me away but yeah so he he's in love um there's like this rainstorm which i you know like i think looking back that the rainstorm with him and his his uh, girlfriend is almost like symbolic of their relationship, where it's like stormy and broken, but like kind of like okay, you know, like very hopeful. And we, you know, we have like a couple of indications leading into this scene. Uh, it's it's essentially the third scene of of the movie. Uh, the middle scene is they they take an excursion to a amusement park and they're on a the roller coaster and, and he starts getting little blips little blips of, of this power so he gets into a car accident wakes up five years later and he has his power he can see the past present and like future of course he can see the present but he touches people and he can see things so this puts him on the path and it's it's interesting because he kind of becomes and, and this is what i'm like i kind of want to get into the book Because I want to see if it it delves into it. But he becomes almost like a celebrity. He gets notes. He sees people. He helps people. He solves a murder. And then he gets involved with politics. And this is where the movie really becomes fantastic. Because uh, once he gets involved with politics, he touches Martin Sheen, who's a senator. And he sees that this guy I guess we'll will just use the definitions from the movie. The guy becomes Adolf Hitler. And Christopher Walken is is he's put on the philosophical mission. You know, if you could stop Hitler, would you? If you knew what Hitler would become. And that's that's the arc of the movie. That that's that's where we go. And I, I really don't feel like there is much more to the to discuss about this other than uh it's this is a essential movie it's a it's a must see it is one of uh i think one of stephen king's best stories uh i i kind of knock him for i don't think he does really good um like hooks i i don't think he does good hooks i think he does good plots I think he does fantastic characters. I think he, he understands the settings he puts these characters in, and but like the punch, the the hook, the gotcha, I I don't think it's it's there all the time for Stephen King. And I think when people adapt Stephen King, they're able to to accentuate what some of the hooks are. But yeah, uh, and Bravo for Stephen King for not making Christopher Walken a. Uh, A writer, uh, an author, uh, thank you, David Cronenberg, for not making this a first-person narration or having our protagonist as the narrator, uh, which is, again, another criticism. I'm just sick of Stephen King doing that. But, yeah, so this movie, like, it, it did hit a point where... It definitely was slow and dated. Uh, this is definitely Cronenberg's like quote-unquote like studio movie. Like here's a studio like Cronenberg, Like we've accept you. Uh, and please make this movie. Uh, there, it, I it def- definitely feels like he's somewhat like holding back, but also being experimentational and doing a different type of movie with a different format, with a different t- uh, different draw. The the middle of the movie. I just felt like it lagged a little bit, but it could be lost in translation because it, this is and it's an older movie. So now uh, you kind of watch modern movies, and you you get even drama versus drama. Uh, you you get addicted to the beats, uh, to to the movements, uh, and everyone in Hollywood kind of like emulates and copies and pays homage to one another uh, just to keep it churning. So that's kind of what, like, a little bit of what, what happens, okay? And, but it, it doesn't take away from the movie because what Christopher Walken goes through in this, it, it's, it, it's an escalation. And there's nonstop conflict in what to do with what he knows. And Cronenberg is able to craft an urgency and tragedy uh, within this movie. And this movie is tragic. Uh, it's sad. Uh, it's not hopeful, uh, but at the same time, you you're you're okay with it. Like you know, like you, you know, there was a sacrifice made at the end of the movie, and uh, it's like somehow, like the the universe is balanced out. But the dead zone is a little bit like the dark half for me. But, but I would say this is more. Because the the storyline was so impactful, that the dead zone is something that we should all know. We should all be able to talk about. Um, and yeah, especially if you're just into Christopher Walken, I think this is one of his better performances. Uh, I don't know, like top down Christopher Walken performances. Uh, I think he's more of a of a walk on. You know, like his his better stuff is is as a uh, supporting actor, but as leading man as of the guide like I always say this in like war dogs where are his best two movies but check it out uh just you know like uh, watch it with a with a couple friends uh, watch with anyone that's a fan of Stephen King because I really do think this is when Stephen King was like at his best I think earlier King is the absolute best um just in ideas alone and, and what some of the the arcs and, and the hooks are but yeah Dream Warriors 31 days of dread episode 27 uh, another shorter one <laughs> but hey check this movie out it's available on Amazon instant you can um, you know uh, just you can I think it's a three dollar rental might even a dollar rental I, I, I might call it at a dollar but it doesn't matter just check check it out uh i want to do a further analysis i kind of I, I keep saying that with everything but i i want to watch this movie a few more times and, and and really break it down and drill into what uh everyone within the production like what they what they uh blood off and and led into but this is the 31 days of dread this is day 27 the dead zone everyone have a good evening and have a good day. And uh, let's just do this, let's hit that music and goodbye.